Welcome to the Real Life Podcast. Today you will hear a word which purpose is to introduce the kingdom, change generations, and create a Christian culture. So grab your Bible and prepare to be blessed by today's sermon. Amen. Good to see you, Tessa. Good to see you. Amen. All of our visitors and uh, those of you who've been with us a few times, good to see you guys as well. Glad that you're here. Um, I see some people fanning, and I hope it's not too cool for you, but if it does get a little bit cool, just let somebody know, and they'll take care of it really quickly. Amen? So um, I want you to turn in your Bibles uh, for me to uh, Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14. Um, Should be putting that up on the screen. Y'all can back up to the title title screen later, but we'll we'll go straight to these verses. And uh, you guys are on it, man. They're fantastic. You noticed uh, Rico's not back there in high school, but uh, as Deacon King says, the church has the ability to roll on. That's a kingism. You ought to write a book of those, Deke. I think it'll make a million dollars. It'll make a million dollars. A book of kingisms. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man. Notice it's a story of a man, okay? Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. If you have a King James Bible, you'll see the word talents. The servant who received the five bags of silver or the five talents began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver, two talents, also went to work and earned two more. (coughs) But the servant who received the one bag of silver, the one talent, dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money or the master's talent. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they used his talents, I mean his money. (laughs) The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. I love the way this is written. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. Can you hear his enthusiasm? Because he just saw what happened with the guy with five, right? So he's like excited because he's like, oh, yeah. If he said that about him, surely he's to say something good to me. So verse 23, the master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. I like the fact that the, the, the master didn't treat one different from the other. Just because they both started off with different amounts. 
The fact that they produced with what they had caused them great joy. Jesus and promotion. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. This is going bad. <clears throat> Master, I knew you were a harsh man harvesting crops. You didn't plant and gathering crops. You didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops, I didn't plant and gather crops, I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. Somebody shout an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. My goodness, my goodness. I just want to speak from the topic today. Y'all ready back there? Y'all good? Never underestimate your capacity. <laughs> oh, that tickled me. <laughs> right there boy I tell you he look he looking at us like what what are y'all laughing about <laughs> never underestimate your capacity what is capacity y'all catch up to me what is capacity catch up to me because I need the screens to be right where I am there we go what is capacity Capacity is the maximum amount that something can contain. That is, that is the normal definition or thought of definition when we hear the word capacity. The normal, the maximum amount that something can contain. But also it is the ability or power to do, experience, or understand something. My favorite of the three definitions listed here is the ability to do something, a mental, emotional, or physical ability. And that's by Webster. So it's an ability, the ability to do something. It's a mental ability, an emotional ability. It is also a physical ability. Capacity means that you have the power to get things done. He gave each man talents or bags of silver based on ability. Okay? So this is very important now. So he didn't give anybody anything that was outside of their capacity. Everything he gave to each man was based on what he knew each man could do. And I love the way he handled them because the guy with five came back and said, I gained five more. And he, he celebrated with the man and he promoted the man. And the man was excited. And the next man steps up. He only has two. 
and he takes his two and he makes more with his two and he doesn't have as much as the guy with the five but the master still celebrates him in the same way that he does the guy with the five because he's not going to respond he's not going to change the way he celebrates the people because both did something with what they were given So everybody got something according to their ability. So look at your neighbor and say, what you were given was based on your ability. You may not have as much as the next guy, but praise God, you have something. A couple of hand claps. Ability is the power or skill to do something. It is competence, competence in doing. Not, not, not half doing it. Not doing it with some success. Competence. So he gave each man talents based on his competence. His ability to do it and do it well. Good preaching. It is the, the, the natural aptitude or acquired proficiency. Natural aptitude. Some people are born with it. You don't even understand why you can do what you can do. Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. You have a gift. You don't know where it came from. People try to tell you, your great granddaddy used to be able to do that. And you're just born with stuff. But some of us, we have to work a little bit harder, Pastor Leslie, and we have to acquire it. We have to acquire a proficiency because there's some stuff we started off doing. We weren't really good at it, but we worked at it until we got better and we didn't give up and we messed up. But we got up and we tried again and we acquired a level of proficiency with our talent. I mean, the bags of silver. To acquire means to come to have as a new additional characteristic trait or ability by sustained effort. That means I kept trying. Somebody slap your neighbors, I kept trying. You're looking at me today and you're looking at what I'm able to do and you're getting down because you can't do what I'm able to do. But what you don't know, baby, is that I kept trying. Somebody tap your neighbor and say, I failed too. I messed up too. I failed too. I screwed up too. I felt less than too. But I decided that I pulled myself together and try one more time. I failed nine, but I got up ten, praise God. Everybody falls, but not everybody gets up. To be proficient means to be good at something. Some of us are good at stuff, but it's born good. But then others have to acquire that thing by continual effort. Become good at it. Now, I'm going to tell you what makes people great. When you're born with it, but you work at it. Michael, Michael Jordan was born with it, but he worked at it. He got to the gym before anybody else. I watched the thing on Kobe Bryant the other day. He was born with it. Somebody shout born with it. 
I watched him the other day, born, he was born with greatness, born with talent, but he talked about how in his first year in the NBA Finals, how he took the shots and kept missing the shots. And so after that, after they lost and got pushed out, he said he went to the gym the very next day. Somebody say next day. He went to the gym the very next day and got into the spots where he missed those shots, and he shot for hours, and the next year came back, and that boy blew that thing up. See, he was born with it, but he kept working at it, and he got better every time he did it. Somebody shout, work at it. You ain't going to get better just by sitting there praying, rocking in your seat. It ain't going to happen like that. You're going to have to put more effort into that thing. Somebody say, put more effort into it. Even though the one who hid his wasn't given as much as the others, he was expected to produce on his level. It was an expectation that on the level he was on, he would be productive. His master was not asking him to do what he asked the other two guys to do. He was not requiring him to work with five or two. He was requiring him to work with one. So even though you have less, you are no less responsible. Because what I learned about from this story right here is if you work the one, he'll promote you to two. If you work the two, he'll promote you to five. If you work the five, he'll promote you to seven. I'm going to go up by twos. Come on, somebody. If you work the seven, then he might double that thing and get, double you up to 14. But if you never work what you have, why would you expect God to give you more? He had a right to look for production. He had a right. He had a right to look for this guy to produce because he trusted him. Somebody say, I've been trusted. Only know, only you know what you've been trusted with, though. Only you know the amount that you were given. He had a right. He's the master. And here's the thing. Out of all the slaves, see, what masters would do is masters would leave town, and they would find slaves to give their money to. So when you look at a talent, it's not talking about a gift or ability. A talent is talking about a weight of money. It was a weight of money that he gave each one of them. He gave all of them different weights. And, and he, would, he would find slaves to entrust his money to so that they could work with it while he was gone and produce something on his behalf. So out of all the slaves he had, he chose these three guys. So out of all the people God chose to give something to, he chose you. He could have he passed you, but he stopped right the way you were and said, here, take this. You know why he had a right to expect production? Because he gave him something to work with. It wasn't like he asked you, he asked him, make something out of nothing. He didn't didn't say, be like me. He didn't say, be like me. See, see, listen to the story. Listen to the story. I know that you were able to, 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 to reap crops from where you did not sow. You're able to grab all the harvest from where you didn't put down seed. See, he said, I'm not asking you to do what I did. I'm giving you 
something to work with. I started with nothing, but I'm giving you something to work with. You don't even have to do what I did. I created. I'm just asking you to reproduce. I hear the word of the Lord saying, I'm not asking you to be God. I'm not asking you to, there was a story about uh, uh, God got into a contest with some scientists and, and the scientists said, I can do anything you can do, God. I can, you, and God said, yeah. And he said, yeah. He said, you created a man, God. I could create a man. And they said, yeah. And he said, yeah. So the, they went over and they said, God said, okay, you own, you got it. I'm going I'm to work with you. And so the, the scientists went to go get some dirt and God said, uh-uh, no, make your own dirt. No, 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 no. So you're going to try to do what I did, but I made this. Ah, I made this dirt right here. So, so you make your own dirt. Tell him, Pat. Hashtag so smart. I'm going to be looking for that today on Facebook. Hashtag so smart. He gave him something to work with. Somebody say, you got something to work with. Tap your neighbor and tell him, you got something to work with. You want to know what you have? Can I tell you what you have? Y'all ready back there, y'all? You ready? Here it is. Everybody in here has got a little bit of something. Yeah, everybody in here has been gifted. Everybody in here has been blessed. Everybody in here is good at something. Everybody knows how to do something. Everybody been given something. Maybe it's the hugs you give. Maybe you can write poetry. Maybe you can sing. Maybe you can got to get the, the, the works of service. Maybe you just bless people by your presence. I don't know what it is you have, but whatever it is God gave you, God said, I'm looking for you to reproduce with what I gave you. I'm not looking for you to create anything. Don't put any excess pressure on yourself. There ain't no extra pressure. I said just work what I gave you and stop looking at what somebody else has and just deal with what you got because I didn't give you what I gave them. I gave you what I gave you. Now work with what I gave you. Somebody slap your neighbor and say work it. You're not supposed to sing. You're supposed to run sound. You're not supposed to run sound. You're supposed to preach. You're not supposed to preach. You're supposed to serve the pastor. You're not supposed to serve the pastor. You're supposed to stand at the door. But ain't nobody better than nobody. And when everybody get in the right place, then God's glory can be seen. Somebody shout yes. Somebody shout, I want to see God's glory. So people got to stop wanting to be here because this ain't what you call to. I don't know why I can do this. I can't explain why I can do this. I just can. But I can't do that. I can't do that. And I can't do that. So I'm going to let them have it. I can't be the principal of no school. I can't plot no match for the city. I can't go and kill bugs. I don't know how to do that. 
But I tell you what, baby, what I do know how to do, I'm going to do it to the glory of God. Somebody grab your name and say, I can't do what you do, but I can do what I do. pictures elder get your camera and take those pictures baby I got a camera that's just good as yours but I can't do what you can do I have a nice camera too but my images don't look like his he don't even know how he can do it just just got a knack for it that's what they call it they call it a knack no the master gave you something Somebody shout, the master gave me something. Now see, I got to hurry. Now, now what he missed was that it wasn't about what he thought about his ability. It, it's not what you think about your ability. It was about the capacity of what was given to him. See, if you sit there Thinking about your ability, you'll never do anything. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what happens when we focus on our own ability. We either do too little or too much. When we start focusing on us, sometimes we won't do nothing. And sometimes when we shouldn't be nothing, we're doing something. So, 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 Jesus, Jesus. If somebody said capacity, capacity. It was about the capacity of what was given to him, not him. And listen to what the master said. If you had put it in the bank, it would have reproduced. All you had to do was put it in a position through use. And it would have reproduced of itself. But because you didn't do anything with it, you present me back what I, what I gave you? All you had to do was work it. All you had to do was get up and go to the first bank of Jerusalem. And give it to the guy behind the counter and leave it there until I said I was coming back. And it, you would have had something extra to give me. But no, no, you buried it. Because you were scared. You were frightened. You, you, you were fearful. So, so I gave you something, but you buried it. You, you, you hide it. You hide it. You won't let nobody see it. And when the opportunity comes for you to use it, you hide it again. You hide it even deeper. And you give the pastor reasons why you can't do it. Wow. 
And God's saying, I want you to do this. I want you to get up. I want you to start that business. I want you to get up. I want you to go back to school. I want you to get up. I want you to get that licensing. I want you to get up. I want you to do this, that, or the other thing. And we got all these reasons for why we don't do it. And those reasons are just taking a literal shovel and digging a hole and burying our talent. Every time you give God an excuse, you bury something. Somebody say, encourage me. Encourage me. I'm telling you, you got hidden greatness. Hidden greatness that you hid. A city that is set up on a hill. He took us and put us on the hill and we ran back down. I don't want the responsibility of being the boss. I, 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 don't, I don't like to be seen. I don't like to be up front. I like to work in the background. That's my testimony too. Before I became a pastor, I was a Bible carrier. If you were on Facebook, you saw a picture of me with my pastor's Bible in one hand and his hand in the other hand and me getting him off the stage so he could go and rest. I started off serving. And then God said, You were faithful carrying his Bible. Now I'm going to have somebody carry. See, we want to skip right to the place where somebody carrying our stuff. You ain't never carried nobody else. I got to stop. I don't have that much time. Basically, basically what he said is if you had done something with it other than nothing, it would have produced something. If you'd have just done something with it other than nothing, it would have produced something. He basically, here's what he did. He accused his master of having unfair expectations. It is unfair of you to expect me to produce something with what you gave me. Here's my thought on the matter. If he gave it to you, that must mean he believed in you. Whatever it is, see, I'm not giving somebody something to work with that I don't think can do it. I'm not, that's in the natural. Who are you going to let drive your brand new car if they can't drive? I wish I had a witness here. Never drove a day in their life. It's like this couple right here just give their little baby girl the keys and say, take us home. The devil is a liar. She can't even see over the wheel. Next thing you know, Port Wentworth PD. Because all they see is a wheel moving. So if the master gave him the talent, he must have had confidence that he could work it. But he was scared. Why are you scared when the master has shown confidence in you? 
I got to hurry. We must avoid making this mistake of thinking that what we are capable of is tied to our ability. What you're capable of has nothing to do with you. It's got to do with what he gave you. If I tried to do this without his anointing, I would fail. Don't be impressed with the people you see doing stuff. Be impressed with the God who gave them the talent. See, that's what messes us up, Ethel. We look at people and we say, I can't do what they do. It looks so easy. The only reason it looks easy is because they're leaning back in the anointing. They're not even trusting their own mind. They're not trusting their own ability. They're not trusting their own self. They're just trusting in the one who called them to do it. God, if you call me to do it, then I can do it. If you call me to sweep floors, then I'll sweep floors better than anybody who's ever swept the floor. You'll be able to eat off this booger. If God called me to do it, somebody shout yes. Reach over, grab your neighbor, and say, do the best you can with what you've been given. Stop thinking that you don't matter. Stop thinking that you don't have much to work with. Stop stop thinking that you're insignificant. You stop it. You hear me? You stop it. You have greatness in you. And the kingdom will never see its true potential until the people of God stand up. If we do this, if we start looking at our abilities, we won't try hard enough. If we look at us, Pam, we won't try hard. We won't give it the effort we could. I need you to know he makes us capable. He does it. God does it. Wasn't nothing in Adam that knew how to name those animals? If God didn't breathe into him, he wouldn't have known what anything was. I got to hurry. Moses is a good example. Anybody remember what Moses said when God called him? Anybody remember? I cannot speak. Y'all remember Moses, right? But Moses led over a million people out of captivity, held up a rod. You can't hold up a rod, can't you? (laughs) You could do that, right? See, he he said, I can't speak. So God said, that's okay. I'll get your brother to help you. See, you're worrying about what you don't have. God says, if I could just get you to commit to doing it, I'll give you what you need. So when it came time to talk, he had Aaron. And when it came time for a miracle, he had a rod. So he took a no-talking man up to the top of the mountain 
and gave him commandments. We ain't got no excuse. Paul is another good example. Not me, Paul. Used to be Saul of, Ta uh, Saul of Tarsus. Y'all remember him? Killer. Murder. When he got saved, he would breathe in murders. How do you breathe murder? I'm going to kill you. Wait till I get another Christian. I'm going to take him out. Breathing murders. Gets knocked off his horse. The Lord calls him to ministry. And, and later on, he says to us, pray low. He says, go ahead, put it on the screen. Good. I have this thorn in my flesh. thorn in my flesh, but it keeps writing letters. I got the thorn in my flesh, but it keeps starting churches. I got the thorn in my flesh, but it keeps on making sons in the ministry. I got the thorn in my flesh, but he says he is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all you ask or think according to the power that worketh. Uh, he got a thorn in his flesh, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I got a thorn in my flesh, but I can do all things through Christ who but I got a thorn in my flesh though I don't read that good I don't have that much education I don't have that much money I don't know the right people I came from the wrong neighborhood I didn't have a mom I didn't have a daddy I didn't have a cousin I didn't have a goldfish I didn't have a cat uh, all these reasons but Paul kept on working what he gave him and the more he worked, the more God gave him. The more God gave him, the more God he worked. He said, I got a thorn in my flesh. But he also said this. In my weakness. His strength is made perfect. I might be weak. But he's not. I may mess up, but he doesn't. I may get out of line, but he doesn't. I may fall, but he doesn't. I may fail, but he doesn't. I may screw up, but he doesn't. I may be depressed sometime, but he's not. <laughs> yes, it doesn't matter what you are, it matters. You keep discounting yourself. And he chose you. So what are you saying? He's wrong? You saying God's wrong? You saying God making mistakes around here? Heavenly Father, thank you for choosing us. We may not have as much as many others do, but we're grateful for what you gave us. Help us to never, ever again underestimate our capacity. Because if you chose us for it, it means you were confident we could do it. We break the spirit 
of burying talents. We break it off this church right now in the name of Jesus. And we call forth the spirit of the worker, the producer, the multiplier, the doubler, the tripler, the quadrupler. In the name of Jesus, when you come back to make an account of what you gave us, we're going to give you back more than what we started with. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Amen. Come on, clap your hands and give God the praise. Come on, clap your hands. Thank you for joining us for the word today. We pray that it has been a blessing to your life. We invite you to join us in worship on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We are located at 841 Crossgate Road in Port Wentworth, Georgia, 31407. We hope to see you soon.